Control. I am in control. Just think about that for a moment. It makes you feel good, right? I am in control. We are in control. Who's in control? We are in control, but we still wait. We begin a season of waiting, waiting for gifts, waiting for trees, decorations, Christmas cards, holiday carols, food, family, and friends. And oh yeah, the birth of our Lord. We carefully plan our trips to Grandma and Aunt Betty's, GPSs calibrated, presents packed, all ready to go. All is well, unless a nor'easter blows through. But that's why we have our four-wheel drive SUVs. As we just heard from the scripture reading, Zechariah probably did not feel totally in control, even though it was not for without trying. For years, he and Elizabeth had lived blamelessly according to the commandments and regulations of the Lord. They were righteous before the Lord. But we also hear that Elizabeth, Elizabeth was living in disgrace among her people because she could not bear a child. They were doing everything right and yet were not blessed with a child. It was out of their hands, out of their control. Maybe they were even feeling forgotten and left behind by their people and God. Can you imagine playing by the rules game after game and not ever winning and still being looked down on by your teammates? Maybe you can. But haven't we moved beyond this? Isn't there something we can do to rectify this situation? Certainly, modern medicine would have solved their problem for them. We live in a world where everybody wins all the time. But Zechariah and Elizabeth just waited. They had to. That is, until the angel of the Lord appeared before Zechariah. But Zechariah thought he had been waiting for too long. Zechariah said, How will I know that this is so? For I am an old man, and my wife is getting on in years. Zechariah does not believe the angel of the Lord precisely because he has been waiting so long that it is no longer reasonable to have a child. If Zechariah's problem is that he has waited too long, then I think we may have a different problem. We have not waited long enough, or even at all. Or, said in another way, have we forgotten to wait for the Lord? Waiting is defined as to stay in place in expectation of. Waiting takes time and effort. I live in a world of constant internet connectivity, which is only a hand's reach away in my pocket. I'm quickly forgetting what it means to wait. Information and access to resources is literally at my fingertips. Waiting is so like early 90s. <laughs> my life today is vastly different than the summer days I spent at my Amish nanny's house, just waiting and at times longing for some excitement to happen. <laughs> we did a lot of baking, and there was lots of waiting when making bread. First, to let it rise, and then to bake. There was no TV to watch, no video games to play, and a lack of air conditioning only seemed to prolong the time of waiting. 
Time always seemed much slower there, and it took much more effort to be content. Bina had mastered the art of waiting, but I was not quite ready. As a child, waiting equaled boring. But as we get older, more often than not, we associate waiting with missing out or a sense of insecurity often associated with the unknown. We are scared of what may or may not happen. We might say, if only we could have that now, I would be so much happier. If only I was married, I would feel so much more fulfilled. If only I could get a better job, I could worry less about providing for my family. If only I didn't have to wait for the next step in my life, I would feel so much better. Or, I'm so worried about what might happen if I don't do this right away. If I do it now, at least I know what will happen. Do these rationalizations sound familiar? I wouldn't be surprised if Zachariah and Elizabeth had similar thoughts, although they had much less control than we have now. I'm sure they thought if only we could have just one more child, or sorry, if we could just have one child, then we would be fine. Instead, the Lord had other plans for them, waiting until a seemingly impossible age to give birth to a son who would eventually prepare the world for the coming of the Lord and usher in a new kingdom. For fear of sounding too cliche, better things come to those who wait. Just like the Lord had good news for Zechariah, the Lord has good news for us. But if we don't wait for it, will we ever hear it? Would the angel of the Lord have had the chance to bring the good news to Zechariah if he had not been waiting and praying for it? Coming back to the 21st century for a moment, maybe the more poignant question is, do we even need an angel of the Lord to bring the good news? Remember, we are in control. When we are in control, we do not wait. A history of technological development, economic progress, scientific advancement, and the ability to harness natural resources has provided incredible power and control over our environment and destiny, unlike anyone has ever seen before. From the superficial satisfaction of pure entertainment to the preservation of life through advanced medical procedures and innovative medicine, we get what we want, what we need, and it all happens right now. I've grown up in a world where instant gratification is the norm, not the exception. And to amplify my point, I'm not just talking about superfluous materialism, but also some of life's biggest challenges. While I believe that modern medicine is part of God's plan, I often wonder if it can also relieve us from looking to God for hope and faith. There are a lot of examples of how a history of progress has led us to live longer lives with more resources at our disposal. But is there a cost? I often ponder the question, is a longer life necessarily more fulfilling than a shorter life? Maybe that is an impossible judgment. But my point is that maybe our first move should be towards God and not purely worldly tools to solve our problems. Although some may argue with me, 
I believe that we have unprecedented power and control over our lives and feet. While ultimately I do believe that God is omnipotent, I also suspect that we have a growing sense of our own omnipotence, however false it may be. The false hope that the progress of mankind can solve all our problems is leading us down a path that says we do not need God and we do not need his guidance and salvation in our lives. We have no reason to wait for God when we can just take care of it. As some might say, get her done. The point is not about waiting for waiting's sake, but that in the act of not waiting, we increase the opportunity to miss God's call and direction for our lives. God calls us to wait for him. Listen to Psalm 23, verses 3 to 5. Do not, do not let those who wait for you be put to shame. Let them be ashamed who are wantingly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. The psalmist prays, lead me in your truth. In order to be led, we must be willing to humble ourselves and be willing to follow. Then the psalmist prays, teach me your paths. To be taught means we must be willing to listen and to learn. Following, listening, and learning all involve waiting on a master's timing and example. And so there is more waiting involved. The question is, what are we waiting for? We are waiting for an angel of the Lord. We are waiting for the invitation from God to perform his will for our lives and this earth. We are waiting for his grace, love, wisdom, and peace. Instead of taking care of it by our own means, we relinquish our power to God and wait faithfully for the good Lord to do his work through us. We are servants of God, waiting to usher in a new kingdom and a new life, one that puts their faith and trust in God, and not in the worldly systems of control that give a false sense of security. In a way, I think we end up coming back to Zechariah, even though he does have a leg up on us in the waiting department. Zechariah had to make a choice that he was going to believe the good news that Gabriel had brought to him. In a similar way, we are also faced with a choice, a choice to believe that by waiting, God will reveal himself to us and take care of us. God will have a plan for us and use us as his servants, even if it's not how we envisioned it. We must resist the immediate grab to fix our problems through all the worldly tools at our disposal. Sure, they may even be part of God's plan for us, but shouldn't we at least wait to hear it from God first? While Zechariah and Elizabeth most likely faced criticism from their peers for not bearing children, they were ultimately used to usher in a whole new covenant for the world. Are we willing to wait for such an awesome gift from God in our lives? I encourage you, my brothers and sisters, to practice waiting this Advent. For who knows when the angel of the Lord might visit you.